As you probably know, more than a million Ukrainians have fled to Poland. Most are women and children, mother hens. Polish mother hens have gone to the train stations where the Ukrainian refugees are arriving and are dropping off baby strollers. Some are filled with blankets and necessities. And if you looked on the cover of your worship bulletin, this is a photo taken this past week at a train station in Poland. Just this image profoundly touched my heart. More than two and a half million have fled Ukraine. Ukrainian men, however, between the ages of 18 and 60, according to USA Today, have been told they cannot leave the country, that they must stay and fight. Again, that means that mostly women and children are fleeing. Throughout history in war, women's bodies are often the territories on which battles are fought. Women are often the victims of rape and the fighters for the children. The strollers on the train platforms in Poland are artifacts of war that do not often get much press. They are not the supplies that the military seeks, and yet they are a necessity. The stroller photo and the lectionary text go together. And the lectionary text that Farrell and Red is printed beneath it, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. After the photograph was taken at the train station in Poland, a maternity ward in Kiev moved pregnant patients to an underground bunker. Mothers went into labor in dark hallways as the city above them exploded. I can't even imagine the questions going in through their heads. Where are we going to go? What are we going to do when the baby's born? What do we do? And then, as you know, the maternity hospital was bombed. This year, our Lenten journey is Luke's. Last week, we looked at Satan's lies in the wilderness. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, which makes Luke's gospel different. Jesus is always on his way to Jerusalem in Luke's gospel. In Matthew, he goes in and out of Luke's gospel, of Jerusalem, rather. But in Luke's gospel, he's always on the way because geography matters in this text. The rector of the historic African-American St. James Parish in Baltimore explains, there have been more wars, more fighting, more chaos over the holy city than anywhere else 
on the entire earth. In 2500 BCE, Jerusalem was a Canaanite enclave inhabited by the Canaanite people. In 1000 BCE, David came, conquered Jerusalem, made it part of the nation of Israel. In 587 BCE, King Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem and destroyed it and made it a part of the Babylonian Empire. In 537 CE, BCE, rather, King Cyrus of Persia came, conquered the Babylonians, and took over Jerusalem. In 392 BCE, the Seleucids took over. In 198, the Ptolemies took it over. In 63 CE, Pompeii from Rome conquered it. In 70 CE, the Romans destroyed it. In 135 CE, the Romans destroyed it again. In the fourth century, Constantine conquered it and made it a Roman city, excuse me, a Christian city. In the seventh century, the Muslims took it over. In 1099, the Christians took it from the Muslims. In 1187, Muslims took it back. In 1517, the Ottoman Turk, Turks took it from the other Muslims. In 1870, the British took it. In 1947, the United Nations created the state of Israel by taking and occupying Palestinian land. I don't know about you, but I'm worn out. Oh, my goodness. The history of war in the land that we call the holy land, the holy city. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing, Jesus said. Will Gaffney, who is probably my favorite living Hebrew Bible scholar today, writes, Jerusalem, the name fires imagination, conjures up awe, holiness, and violence. It is a legendary place of sacred story and a thriving, prosperous city and a divided, inequitable city and a holy city and a mecca for tourists and pilgrims. It is a legendary city and a real city. It is a place with a bloody history and a bloody reality. Jerusalem is the place where the stories of scripture are made real in stone and bone. Jerusalem is a place that Americans politicize and Christians romanticize. Some parts of Jerusalem have been inhabited since the Stone Age. As Jesus noted, Hebrew prophets were killed for preaching political sermons in Jerusalem, preaching sermons that challenged national and political and religious leaders. The prophets, they preached against Jerusalem. When Jeremiah's preaching led him to be beaten and incarcerated, he was only saved because someone said, oh, he's kind of saying the same thing that the prophet Micah said, and we killed him already, but after he was dead, we kind of thought he was right, so maybe we shouldn't kill Jeremiah also. Zechariah, the prophet, was murdered. Jerusalem's reputation as a place that kills prophets can also be found in the Quran. And I thought it might be interesting with our Muslim friends with us today to have a look at a passage from the Quran 
Surah 287 that reads, we gave Musa Moses the book, followed up after him with the messengers. We gave Isa, Jesus, son of Mary, clear signs and supported him with the Holy Spirit. But whenever a messenger brought you what you yourselves did not desire, you became arrogant and some you called liars and some you killed. Jesus is considered a prophet in the Muslim Quran. Back to Luke, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Here's the Jesus I love. He hears that Herod is going to kill him. And he doesn't respond with a kind of macho, bring it on. He doesn't respond by talking about hell and brimstone. He doesn't uh, do a call to arms like, hey guys, it's time to, to go get your weapons. Jesus does none of that. Instead, he says, oh, I'm like a mother hen. The mother hen has no fangs or claws. You know he could have said rooster. Rooster fights. Who has ever laid bets on a mother hen? No, it's the mother who shields her children with her own body. The fox will have to kill her to get to her babies. That's Jesus. As Barbara Brown Taylor notes, if you have ever loved someone that you could not save, that you could not protect, then you understand Jesus's lament. All you can do is open your arms. You can never make anyone walk into them. Meanwhile, it is the most vulnerable posture in the world. Wings spread out, breast exposed. But if you mean what you say, this is how you stand. Jesus chooses a chicken, which is about as far from the fox as you can get. That way, the choice becomes really clear. You can live by licking your chops, or you can live by protecting your chicks. Jesus won't be the king of the jungle in this or any other story. Jesus won't be carrying a gun into a sanctuary. And yes, I am talking about the legislation that just passed the Missouri House this week. That will be another sermon. Jesus will be a mother hen who stands between the chicks and those who choose to do them harm. What do you think about this image? I was happy that uh, Janet brought a bird up this morning. And you know, so many people in our neighborhood have mother hens and chicks now. It's, it's kind of, what do you think about this image for Christ, for God? What do you think about this maternal image? How many of us, as full-fledged adults, 
have when we were sick wished that our moms could still come and make us some soup? How many of us have still longed on some dark nights to wish we could just oh, be held next to our moms? Barbara Brown Taylor writes, it may have looked like a minor skirmish to those who were there, but that contest between the chicken and the fox turned out to be the cosmic battle of all time, in which the power of tooth and fang was put up against and God bet the farm on the chicks and the hen. Depending upon whom you believe, the hen won. And it didn't look that way at first. With feathers all over the place and those chicks running for cover. But as time went on, it became clear what had happened. She had refused to run from those foxes. She had refused to become like them. Having loved her own, she loved them to the end. She died a mother hen, and then she came back with the teeth marks all over her body to make sure they got the point that the power of the fox could not kill her love for them, nor steal them away from her. They might have to go through what she went through in order to get past the foxes but she would be waiting for them on the other side. Love is stronger than death. During Lent, we are called to contemplate the ways we turn away from the divine in our day-to-day -day lives. We are often like Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Perhaps we wish God were different, more nationalistic, more warrior-like, less mother hen, and self-sacrificial love. During this season of Lent, let us consider how often Jesus' desire to gather us in under her wing as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and we are not willing. In response to the love of Christ, may we aspire to be mother hens and to leave strollers for all the refugees, for all of those who need the love of Christ at every train station we pass along our journey. Because therein lies the only hope for humankind.